1: The initial claim for Mrs. Black was assigned to me, pursuant to company policy at the time I sent her a letter of denial. Why? Why? Because all claims were initially denied. All claims? All claims. Okay, this is how it works. The policy is sold door-to-door in the poorer neighborhoods, paid in cash each week. The claim comes in and is assigned to a handler. It's basically a low-level paper pusher. Anyway, the handler reviews it and immediately sends a letter to the insured denying the claim. The claims handler then sends the file over to underwriting. An underwriting sends a memo back to claims saying, don't pay this until you hear from us. Now, what you should keep in mind is that even though all these people work for this big company and they all work in the same building, they don't know each other, nor do they know what the other department is up to. Now, this is very intentional. The departments are kept at war with each other. And meanwhile, there's the the client. And they're getting all these letters, some from claims, some from underwriting. And most people give up. And this, of course, is intended. So you knew that
2: that claim should have been paid?
1: Everybody knew. But the company was playing the odds. What odds? The odds that the insured would not consult a lawyer.
3: This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I opened up with that scene from uh, The Rainmaker, John Grisham's The Rainmaker, for uh, reasons that I'll tell you about in a minute, and I use the the uh, the burning heart from Rocky IV because I think it's just the mood of what's going on this week with uh, Trump in uh, in England and Ireland and France. Putin in uh, in China. There's all kinds of international stuff going on. All the talk is about what's happening between countries, and I think. And then everything over here, everything over here is about let's let's impeach Trump. Let's you know the Democrats are all about you know there's there's just they just have no sense of what's going on. And I think about and I was thinking about this song. I was thinking about this song because I always I always think about. What do I want to talk about? What movie clip kind of opens it? And what song kind of opens it? And I'm kind of torn because of the story I'm going to tell you about the, uh, how the health claims work in the, in the movie The Rainmaker. But I'm thinking about what's going on. Trump's doing his job. He's dealing with, with uh, uh, the 75th anniversary of D-Day. He's dealing with uh, relations in, in uh, the United Kingdom and, uh, and Theresa May stepping down. And all eyes on Trump he's dealing with what's going on in iran what's going on and we've got an aircraft carrier in the persian gulf with what's going on with north korea with what's going on with uh with uh russia's meeting with uh with uh what's uh, is a prime minister is he the king or is whoever uh, uh chi the the president of of china all the speculation of what's going on and meanwhile everything that's going on here is all about trump all about getting rid of trump what's wrong with trump what's this what's that what's that and i and i thinking about that i think about the second verse of this song and i and i envision trump and you know you know the you know survivor wrote this song for rocky four and they're talking about uh rocky going up against this russian who's way bigger than him in the movies i've seen Dolph lundgren and uh sylvester sloan standing side by side they're not that much different in size and I've seen, and I've got a picture of me who is Dolph Lundgren. He's not that he's skinnier than me. He's a little taller, but, uh, you know, he's obviously leaner than me, but, um, uh, but actually Dolph Lundgren, a hell of a nice guy. Um, um, but the, uh, uh, but I see this, but I see this today thinking about how Trump must feel. He's trying to stay focused. Let me play the second verse of the song. You know, the, you know trump always talks about they always talk about how trump uh, fights back when somebody insults him and he always he always uh, answers back he tweets back he does does that they think it's a mental issue hey you know in the heat of attack it's the passion that kills i like trump i like the way he's handling himself in in other countries i don't like our our president going over and apologizing i like strength i feel good about that i think he's doing a great job I'm behind them, and you know what all you Democrats out there who are whining and crying and doing all this stuff nancy Pelosi you know what someone needs to do a mental a mental uh evaluation on you. I saw something in the on the internet yesterday saying the the Democrats are planning a an event to to discuss trump's mental uh his mental his mental state his mental uh his mental health Wait a minute wait 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 wait. Mental professionals, doctors aren't even allowed to discuss their patients that are that are three sheets to the wind that might that might go uh, might go postal and take a you know take a Uzi to the clock tower and shoot up the shoot up the uh, the town square. They're not even allowed to do that based on the HIPAA laws. But we've got Congress, a bunch of people that are that aren't even doctors that are going to have an open discussion about about uh, Trump's uh, mental mental uh, health. You know what folks this needs to be the start of the this needs to be the start of the next civil war because this could be you this could be me you know paul manaforts in uh, in jail in federal prison for cheating on his taxes okay he cheated on his taxes okay but now because he's not dealing with the democrats or some somehow they're moving him to rikers island which is a state prison in new york where uh Where the son of Sam is, and uh, Mark David Chapman who who murdered uh John Lennon and a bunch of murderers are, and they're going to put him in solitary confinement there, you know what? what is wrong with this picture? I thought that was against the Constitution, uh, you know cruel and that was part of our constitutional rights. We, you know we're, were uh, protected against cruel and unusual punishment. What is going on here? this you know we need to be paying attention. So before we go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk with me but you don't want to talk to me on the phone just yet, let me just send some messages on the internet first and let's see. Go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my financing, finan, financing page and put in whether you want to refinance or purchase, what kind of information you want. Put in as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, Brian Goodman, uh, I think I got everybody on the team right now. Um, and you he will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you want to hear anything replayed, you can also on edhoffman.net go to the podcast page and uh, click podcast and you can hear this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free, have it download to your uh, your phone or your or your iWatch or your iPod or your iPad or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your computer. Whatever you listen to podcasts on, you can get it there. Uh, follow me on uh, Facebook, uh, The Main Event Facebook Facebook dot com slash The Main Event at Hoffman. Uh, f- listen, uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, and uh, if you have comments on the show. Uh the listener hotline is 855-640-2092. And uh if I get some, if you send me something really interesting and it's not all broken up because you're in a bad place on your cell phone, I might play it on the radio. So anyway, uh anyway, so let's talk about the opening scene that I talked about how the how the insurance companies work. You guys think some of you guys think that, hey, health care for everybody, that's a great idea. Obamacare and what it did to the healthcare system is not provide health care, it it provides health insurance. Health insurance is not the same thing as health care. I have great health health insurance. Okay? And I've mentioned this on the radio before that I've been issuing dealing with an issue in my back. I have a pinched nerve in my back. Something called spinal stenosis where my where my spine's squeezing on my spinal cord. It makes it and it makes it kinda Makes me feel like I'm I'm fifty seven, but I kinda walk like I'm eighty seven and it's been coming on for years and I just never noticed it. Finally figured it out while I was boxing with my trainer and he goes, Yeah, hey, could be, you don't know, pivot on your toe, you pivot your whole foot. And we started noticing things. Hey, so we discovered it, and since I discovered it a year ago, six months ago, I don't know, sometime last year. Um, it seems like it's getting worse, maybe because I know about it now. So I've uh, been to the orthopedic doctor. I've been to the pain management doctor. They tried doing epidurals, and uh, they work really good for about two days. And uh, the doctor has suggested this uh, non-invasive thing called uh, Vertiflex. They put in little spacers in between your vertebrae, not where your not where your disc goes. But on the outside part of where the little fin on your vertebrae is, it's non invasive. It doesn't go near your spinal cord. It's a lot less expensive. There's only a couple of weeks and you're back to normal. And uh and cool, let's do it. United Healthcare turned it down. Well, we gotta talk to your doctor. And then they talked to my doctor and they denied it again. So I called United Healthcare and they say, Well, your doctor doesn't have any proof that's gonna fix it. And I go, well, how do you have any proof that anything's going to fix anything? That's why we have doctors, because I didn't think of this. The doctor thought of it. So uh, I said, well, let me do this. How about if I pay cash for the procedure, and then if it, help, and if it fixes it, you guys reimburse me? She goes, no, because then, uh, then, then you didn't get a pre-authorization. So what do I do here? So then I'm being told that uh, well we'll go through a another appeal process that take four to six weeks. No 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 I'm not waiting four to six weeks. I said I'm gonna call the state state insurance commissioner and I'm gonna pay cash for this thing and I'm gonna get me a lawyer if I if I need to. And United Healthcare is if it works, United Healthcare is gonna pay for it. Or I'm gonna sue somebody, sue somebody big time. But you know you hear that you hear that clip from the Rainmaker, which is that 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 uh that movie's probably twenty years old. And talking about, hey, we're playing the odds. We just deny it, deny it, deny it. We would play the odds and just keep denying it, and hope that the the patient doesn't get a uh, doesn't get a lawyer. And I see people older than me walking around, and they walk in the same same situation. I go, you know what? They got the same problem I do, because I can see how they're walking. You know, and and I miss ski season this year. I only skied I only skied twice this season. I ski all the time. And say I'm not I'm not waiting for you guys to, to and I'm gonna miss the summer and not be able to boat or do any of that stuff. I'm gonna get this done next week. And uh and I'm gonna just pay for it out of my pocket and it's not cheap, but I'm just gonna pay for it. And but what's what's sad is not everybody can do that. You guys need to pay attention. Health care and health insurance are two different things. And why isn't this stuff being done? Because we're paying for all illegal aliens to have free health care. And you don't think that affects you? Wait till you need some health care. Anyway, that's my rant. I have the microphone. Everybody has an opinion. Welcome to mine. If you have an opinion on that, you want to you state it, 855-640-2092 is my listener hotline. But I'll keep you posted on this stuff. I had somebody call from uh, some uh, agency that's, that's uh doing the appeal. They go, "Well, this will take 4 to 6 weeks." I go, "I'm not waiting 4 to 6 weeks." So you want us to hold off on our appeal? No, keep going. But I'm just not waiting. And if they say they want to they if they if the appeal goes through and I've already had it done, they're going to reimburse me. And if they don't and if they say cuz I I didn't wait, tough. It's my life. It's my life. So anyway, I'm going to I'm going to do what I got to do and uh if this becomes the start of a movement that that uh make something make something right so be it somebody's got to start somewhere might as well be me anyway uh that's my rant on health care and why the government shouldn't be in our, in our face and uh wouldn't shouldn't be in our health care and you know it's the doctor says this but the government is making us do that well you know the pain pills they give me pain pills so that cuz they won't give me the surgery so they give me pain pills but the insurance company won't cover it cuz only Kevin's cover 7 days worth at a time Without pre- authorization, but they won't give me a pre- authorization because they won't give me the prescription till the day I'm out of pills, and the doctor can't make a decision cause the government has to do it, but wait, 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 when a woman's pregnant, we don't get the government can't get involved in her decision on what goes on with her body. You know the baby's going to be born at nine months, and it's they're going to have a discussion between the doctor and the and the mother and they're going to decide if they kill that baby or not. But it's not okay for the doctor and the patient to decide if they should take pain pills or not. Oh wait, but people are abusing opioids. People are going to abuse everything. But in the bigger scheme of things, the people that don't abuse them, you know what? Gun control. We'll talk about this in a couple couple of sections about gun control. Let's control guns. The only people that you're controlling are the law-abiding citizens. Anyway, I'll get into that. I'm going to talk about gun control in uh probably in the second half at this point cuz i used up most of the first half. Hey, so let's talk about the president was in uh was across was across the pond today this week on his first state visit to the United Kingdom. President Trump brought his wife and four adult children along with other presidential entourage members including White House advisor Kellyanne Conway, press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, social media director Dan Scavino. I guess he's the guy who when, who actually types in the types in the uh the tweets when Trump says, "Hey, tweet this, Dan." Uh, maybe not. Policy advisor Stephen Miller and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. My comment about taking the family across the pond is, uh, "Hey, the hats are tragic." <clears throat> Apparently, Melania uh, had one hat that looked uh, looked dignified, and the rest of them, one of them looked like a uh, looked like a. Uh, um, a uh, Asian war helmet, and one of them looked like a uh, something that uh, they wear at a Chinese restaurant, and uh, but the other one in England she wore was uh, looked like she was at an Easter bonnet parade. Um, but that's but then the one that the one that uh, Ivanka was wearing looked like you know you go into when you're when you go into a synagogue and you're not Jewish, they make you they have this basket of uh, yarmulkes they put on. I think I think in England the same thing. If you're if you're a lady, you walk into walk into anywhere that you're supposed to be wearing a hat. They have these things they just pin on the front of your head, and uh, that's what uh, Ivanka looked like. Well, let's just pin this on the front of your head. Anyway, that's just my opinion. The seamless interactions between Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, and a host of British royals at the state dinner and related events went off without a hitch, captured by the British media in headlines like this. The BBC said, Donald Trump praises eternal friendship at state banquet. The Financial Times says, Trump hails common values uniting UK and US. The Telegraph says, a dignified Donald Trump shows he has learned royal protocol. Of course, I noticed that uh, at one of the state dinners, uh, they put Melania uh, next to Prince Charles, and Prince Charles was... Uh, tweeting or uh, or texting on his phone While Melania's looking around And looking down at him And he's looking at his phone And she's looking at him like What a dork Yeah Prince Charles That's why the Queen's living so long Because Charles doesn't deserve to be the king Anyway President also appeared on Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan Where he talked about Bonding with the Queen Over stories of his Scottish-born mother's affection for her
4: I will say that my mother would have been very proud She was a tremendous fan of this country And she was a She loves Scotland she grew up in Stornoway. She loved the Royals. She loved the Queen. Mm. And I always noticed whenever anything was on about the Queen, she would watch. She was a big fan. Of Did you this tell the Queen last I told her last night. She was very honored. We tell had me. a great rapport. We had, um, uh, we had a conversation that lasted for an hour and a half nonstop.
3: Yeah, the Democrats are amazed and disappointed. I remember my sister saying the the night that uh my my democrat sister I have two sisters I have a republican sister in lamarada and I have a democrat sister in pennsylvania in philadelphia and uh and my democrat sister said well now we're stuck with a with a president for 4 years that has no foreign policy yeah how hard is it going to be how hard is it going to be he's got foreign business policy and uh look what he's doing look he's he's doing just fine But if you only listen to American media, you never know how well the visit's going, because liberals on TV evidently took their cues from the New York Times headline. President Trump, unloved in Britain, still tries to play kingmaker. He
0: likes the idea of being a king.
1: Perhaps he uh, likes the idea of of, of being a king. Oh, He's walking around like he wants to be the king. That's his, like he's the king. He didn't just say, you know, to his subjects, do this, do this.
3: Yeah, shut up, Joy Behar. Here, you're a moron. So I know uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Don and I went to bed, and we usually put on a movie. We put on a we put on some movie, and uh, we fall asleep, and we just leave the TV on all night. So the t- the, whatever the movie went off, uh, we went on to whatever the next movie was on TV. We're asleep. I woke up. It was some some weirdo movie. So I just hit last last on the channel, and it went to Fox News, which would be normal at our house. And uh, Laura Ingram was on in the middle of the night. But I just watched it. I watched Laura Ingram before, you know, early in the evening that night. So I just hit the channel button and went up to PMSNBC. And I go, I no, no, I'm watching that for about two minutes. And I go, no, nah, I can't have that. So I went on the DVR and I put on a movie. And the movie went on. And then I fell asleep. And at some point, the movie went off. And it went back to the TV. And it went on to PMSNBC. And when I woke up in the morning... There was the PMs, NBC people talking about it's the end of the world that that Donald Trump is just the the most unstable being in the whole country and he's going to destabilize the whole world world order and all this. Stuff. I just go, oh God, how what is what kind of way is this to wake up? Some people watch that crap all the time. CNN, MSNBC, you know what? I don't know how they see something so different that I see. I watch the same, I watch the same speeches that they watch and I get a whole different impression. We need to talk about this because your kids are watching this stuff too. And they're either getting their opinion from you or they're getting it from someone else. And most of the, most of the kids, if they're, if they're not 40 years old or more, they're not watching Fox news. Most of them aren't watching CNN or MSNBC either, but they're watching Facebook and and the internet and that's where they're getting their news and if you don't talk to them well i don't want to talk about politics or religion why that's why our country's so screwed up because we're all afraid to hurt anybody's feelings i'm not maybe that's why my kids don't come over that often oh yeah they do yeah they do i'm just joking um let's see where did i leave off so uh so let's see i've got a a little bit of time before I have to go to break. Uh, so Trump did have at least one high-profile enemy in England, London Mayor Sadiq Khan, with uh, with whom the president had sparred in the past. So it started in 2016 when Trump Trump started talking about, while Trump is running, while Trump's running it's about the same time that Sadiq Khan, who's a Muslim, gets elected as mayor to London, in London, while the country of, of England... Is voting for Brexit. Now the people in England voted for Brexit primarily because they don't like the European Union has open borders, and all the all the Muslim people are coming across the borders and they're infesting the whole European Union, and they don't have you know it's they go from country to country in the European Union the way we go from state to state, and uh, because that's basically you know hey the Europe is one big United States except for they're different countries we're different states maybe we should change it to that and maybe we should push all the Democrats out of California as we keep California for Republicans. Anyway, that's just a thought. So uh, so they don't like that because the Muslims are infesting it and they're taking it over. Quite the same as as the southern borders ov- open and they're coming in here and they're having eight kids per family and we're having one and a half. 20 years from now, all those kids are voters. Can you see where we're getting at, folks? I'm going to continue this after part after uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, and uh, sports and commercials. But we got to watch out what's going on. Anyway, stay tuned for the, the break, and I'll be back, and we'll continue this discussion on everything America. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about finance and real estate on this show because most of you think it's boring and uh, unless you're in the market. But if you are in the market, the rates are really, really good if you've been thinking about... Uh of refinancing, you know your your values are up. If you had if you had a FHA, and you have PMI, if you had PMI because you put less than twenty percent down, you might want to get rid of mortgage insurance. You might want to uh, consolidate some of your bills. You might want to just lower your rate. If you've uh, you know the rates were really low in seventeen, and they went way up, and now they're coming back down, and we expect to see them as low as seventeen in the next few months. Uh, and if you're over 62, if you haven't checked out the reverse mortgage, the reverse mortgage thing, check it out. The more, you know, the more you'll like anyway, call me 640 2020. You want to talk to somebody who thinks like you, and if uh, you're still listening, you must think like me. So call someone who does like who, uh, you can trust 640 2020, or go to edhoffman.net, Click on summit funding or don't click on summit funding if you just want to go over there and Check out whatever's on it, Uh Okay, so we've been talking about uh, Trump over in the UK, and we've been talking about his feud that he's having with uh, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, who's a, a Muslim, and uh, he got elected right before, right as they're voting for Brexit, and voted in Theresa May, which doesn't make much sense, because they voted to exit the European Union, and they voted in a Muslim as the mayor of... Of uh London so apparently it 's like the country feels like this, but san francisco feel, feels like this, so London must be San Francisco in the united kingdom so uh hence that 's how i that 's how I see that then uh in two thousand and seventeen um, trump Trump made a sent some tweet about how uh how Sadiq Khan uh dealt with the London Bridge terror attack. And uh so apparently they've been they've been biting at each other uh ever since then. Um and then before the trip, as as uh, as um while the few days before Trump went over there, um Sadiq Khan made a comment in the Guardian newspaper. President Trump is one of the most egregious examples of a growing global threat, Khan wrote, saying that Trump and some and some other European leaders are using the same div- divisive tropes of the fascists of the 20, 20th century. So just hours before landings j- on Monday morning, Trump tweeted out. So he's up in the air. He's not. He hasn't touched down. Donald Trump puts out these two tweets. Uh, Sadiq Khan, who by all accounts has done a terrible job as mayor of London, has been foolishly nasty to the visiting president of the United States, by far the most important ally of the United Kingdom. He's a stone-cold loser who should focus on crime in London and not me. So he did that and then right right as he's right as he's landing puts Con reminds me very much of our dumb and incompetent mayor of New York City, De Blasio, who has done a terrible job only half his height in any in any event. I look forward to being a great friend of the United Kingdom and I'm looking very much forward to my visit. Landing now. Oh, you know how unpresidential is that? I don't care. I don't care. So, you know, if if somebody's taking taking shots at you, you know, at some point, at some point, you can listen to it and let that eat at you and eat at you and eat at you. When someone and someone in my office in my company is is mad at me, you know what I do? I pull them in my office. Hey, what's up? If if me and my wife are if I if, if, if I can tell Don's mad at me. Hey, what are you mad at me for? Let's deal with it. I don't want to. I don't want to have things fester and it just gets worse and worse. Let's deal with it. Let's deal with something right now. That's how Trump is. Hey, you take a shot at him, he takes a shot back. I have no problem with that. I didn't. We didn't elect Trump to be the pastor of our church or to be a you know a a, a negotiator. Any of that a negotiator for for peace or for well, I guess we did kind of that. But you know what? I want. I want. I want our negotiator to, to negotiate through strength. We're the greatest nation in the world. We're not. The, we don't owe anything to anybody. So. Uh, so when the. Uh, so uh, apparently the mayor wanted to meet with uh, with Trump, and Trump Trump uh, refused it. Or Trump wanted to meet with the mayor and square things up, and he refused it. I don't I, like he like he needs to meet with the mayor of. of uh, of uh, of london i don't really think he cares but here's what he said on it
4: i think he's been a uh, not very good mayor from what i understand he's done a poor job crime is up a lot of problems and i don't think he should be criticizing uh, a representative of the united states that can do so much good for the united kingdom uh, we talked about it before he should be positive not negative he's a negative force
3: i agree and to which khan responded with this It's a sort of behavior I'd expect from an 11-year-old, you know, uh, but it's for him to decide how he behaves. It's not for me to
0: uh, respond in a a like, but I think it's, it's, you know, beneath me to do childish uh, tweets and uh, name calling. I'm not offended in the slightest. People tell me nothing this president does should surprise you.
3: Hey, Khan, up yours. Okay, anyway, meanwhile, outgoing Prime Minister Theresa May held a press conference with the president and he was asked his opinion on Brexit.
4: I would think that it will happen, and it probably should happen. This is a great, great country, and it wants its own identity. It wants to have its own borders. It wants to run its own affairs. This is a very, very special place, and I think it deserves a special place. I think it will happen, and I believe the prime minister's brought it to a very good point where something will take place in the not-too-distant future. I think she's done a very good job. Uh, I, I believe it would be good for the country, yes.
3: But all this faded into the background by Thursday when President visited the beaches of Normandy in France on D-Day and delivered a speech that even got praise from Jim Acosta and Joe Scarborough. What? Jim Acosta of CNN and Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe praised him? Oh, my God. All the world, all the world is out of balance. Uh, to, the Ameri- to the American World War II veterans in attendance, he said this. You are among the very
4: greatest Americans who will ever live. You are the pride of our nation. You are the glory of our republic. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts.
3: He then turned and addressed the British and Canadian veterans.
4: On the 6th of June, 1944, they joined a liberation force of awesome power and breathtaking scale. After months of planning, the Allies had chosen this ancient coastline to mount their campaign to vanquish the wicked tyranny of the Nazi Empire from the face of the earth. The battle began in the skies above us in those first tense midnight hours. 1,000 aircraft roared overhead with 17,000 Allied airborne troops preparing to leap into the darkness beyond these trees. Then came dawn. The enemy who had occupied these heights saw the largest naval armada in the history of the world. Just a few miles offshore were 7,000 vessels bearing 130,000 warriors. They were the citizens of free and independent nations united by their duty to their compatriots and to millions yet unborn. There were the British whose nobility and fortitude saw them through the worst of Dunkirk, And the London Blitz, the full violence of Nazi fury was no match for the full grandeur of British pride. Thank you.
3: He went on to tell stories of uh, all these guys on these boats and these planes and saying, hey, you know what? if uh, if we don't get through the next the next round I'll get through the next round cuz they had boats and boats and boats and they knew that you know the 92% of the first wave were killed and then the next got through and they got through and got through and they just these waves of guys going in if you've seen the first the opening scene of saving private ryan it's it's stunning it's stunning and the, apparently that's you know if, if you haven't seen that, but he told the story of it. And then he told the story of, of uh, Ray and Bill Lambert, who uh, Ray Lambert was on hand, 98 years old. Um, let me play that story.
4: Ray was only 23, but he had already earned three purple hearts and two silver stars fighting in North Africa and Sicily where he and his brother, Bill, no longer with us served side by side in the early morning hours The two brothers stood together on the deck of the USS Henrico before boarding two separate Higgins landing craft. If I don't make it, Bill said, please, please take care of my family. Ray asked his brother to do the same. Of the 31 men on Ray's landing craft, Only Ray and six others made it to the beach. There were only a few of them left. They came to the sector right here below us. Easy Red, it was called. Again and again, Ray ran back into the water. He dragged out one man after another. He was shot through the arm... His leg was ripped open by shrapnel. His back was broken. He nearly drowned. He had been on the beach for hours, bleeding and saving lives. When he finally lost consciousness, he woke up the next day on a cot beside another badly wounded soldier. He looked over and saw so his brother Bill, they made it, they made it, they made it. At 98 years old, Ray is here with us today with his fourth Purple Heart and his third Silver Star
3: from Omaha. Ray, the free world salutes you. Remember, we were there pushing the Germans out of France and England, and we, were, we had an ocean in between us. We didn't have to be there. We're the greatest nation ever. And we always thought of ourselves as the greatest nation. We are the greatest nation. But that's not being taught to our kids anymore. We're not the greatest nation. They're being taught that all the nations are great. Started with Obama. We need to start talking to our kids and changing the the discussion. So anyway, I thought that was inspirational. I thought it was awesome. So anyway, uh, the mass shooting in Virginia Beach that killed 12 people last Friday has opinions on guns, back in the news uh, as i told you i would talk about it reportedly this shooter uh, Dwayne Kranick went room by room in the city's municipal building uh i don't know if he got fired or he was going to get fired but apparently hey here's a here's a uh, a guy who's a uh, mad because he's going he's gonna to get fired, or he did. And he went through the building, and he used a silencer that made his 45 caliber handgun sound like a nail gun. And we've all seen him. Uh, we've all watched movies, uh, according to witnesses. Now the legality of firearm silencers will be discussed to a special session on gun control called by Governor Ralph Northam, you know, the guy in blackface, uh, in wake of the massacre eight. In the wake of the massacre, eight states have put outright bans on the use of silencers because silencers kill people. California, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. You can't use a silencer because the guns are so much less deadly when they make noise. Um, They're legal in Virginia except in certain larger cities, including Virginia Beach. To buy one, purchasers have to register their fingerprints and share their photographs with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and explosives or the atf receive law enforcement certification pay a 200 dollars tax and fill out an application most have to wait months for their paperwork to be cleared Eh, who cares um but don't tell that to barack obama who was giving a speech in brazil for some reason this week and he said this
2: some of you may be aware our gun laws in the united states don't make much sense anybody can buy-
3: Yeah, you can buy machine guns on the internet. Oh bull, you can't buy machine guns on the internet. I want to know uh, you know, even uh, polit- left-leaning Politifact said Obama's claim was mostly false. Um, I mean, you could buy pieces, but you know, you can buy you could buy all kinds of stuff on the internet, and if you're smart enough to know how to make guns, you can make guns. You can make guns on a on a you can get the uh, things to print them on uh, 3D printers, but you can't make the whole gun out of plastic. So you got to make that to make a mold, too. So uh, I don't know. And the guy who still hopes he's the next Barack Obama, Senator Cory Booker, used this as an opportunity for his campaign, one that quickly backfired when he was asked about it by Jake Tapper. ETF says that the two weapons used in the attack were handguns, not uh, semi-automatic assault rifles, uh, and they say that they were purchased legally. How would your plan have stopped this tragedy, if at all? We are not helpless to stop this. Uh, This is a uniquely American problem. This idea that we are helpless to stop this, is the evidence points differently.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt, but you keep saying we're not Mm -hmm. helpless. So I'm saying, what would have prevented this tragedy? What steps specifically would have stopped the massacre in Virginia Beach?
3: And and you've taken a look at the 16, 17 things we have
0: in my plan that would drop the levels of violence overall. I hear you not talking about this specific massacre, but talking about uh, gun violence in general.
3: There's a trained politician there. Don't answer the question. Sidestep everything. Don't just walk around it. You don't have an answer for it. But make sure that when Trump, when you ask Trump a question, get an answer for that and point it out when he doesn't. If he if he doesn't answer it to your to your uh, to your specifications, uh, I think he, I think even CNN is starting to get annoyed by that. Well, at least Jake Tapper was. Meanwhile, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Uh, does have a plan. What is it? Ask Chris Matthews.
4: You've come out for a national licensing plan. How
3: would that work? If you have to have a license to have a
0: car, it doesn't seem that unreasonable that for deadly weaponry, we would do the same.
3: So the future guns get registered. Yeah. Uh, hello, did I miss something? We're going to register guns? Is this something new? I don't know. I got, a, I got a whole bunch of guns. I started buying them 10 years ago. They're all registered. I bought one of them from my neighbors. Registered. Um, bought all the rest of them at gun shops. Registered. You buy them at gun shops. You register them. I don't know. Is that something something new? Man, this guy is so uniquely innovative. I don't know. It's awesome. So <clears throat> let's get on to Mexico. This week, the United States moved closer to imposing tariffs on all Mexican imports uh, as negotiations at the White House failed to resolve unprecedented surge at the border. The new U.S. Customs and Border Protection figures released Wednesday. More than 144,200 migrants were arrested and taken into custody along the southern border in May, a 32% increase from April, and the highest monthly total in 13 years. Statement from Acting Customs Border Protection Commissioner John Sanders sounded like a bona fide emergency alert. We are in a full-blown emergency emergency. And I cannot say this stronger, the system is broken. Nearly 680,000 people have been encountered so far this fiscal year on the southwest border. We are well beyond capacity in all of our southwest border custodial facilities. Yeah, we're way on be- way beyond capacity. And Trump wants to build the wall and Trump wants to change, change the, uh, the immigration guidelines. And what are the Democrats doing? They're going to talk about his mental health. They're talking about banning silencers. They're talking about impeaching Trump because he's... What has he done? Oh, he's a racist. Oh, yeah, we got to put him in jail because he's a racist. Uh, Why is he racist? I don't remember. I don't remember. Here's a lowdown on the tariffs. A 5% tariff on all goods coming from Mexico is set to go into effect on Monday. Unless Mexico agrees to deal with the president to stop the flow of migration. My sense is it's going to go into into uh, effect until they actually start stop the, the migration from coming over and it's just not going to go any farther. On Wednesday, Mexico's prime minister met with Vice President Pence to discuss the possible solutions, but no deal was reached. If a deal is not reached, the White House plans to gradually ramp up the tariffs on Mexican goods to 25% by October. Here's President Trump on that.
4: Mexico shouldn't allow millions of people to try and enter our country, and they could stop it very quickly. And I think they will. And if they won't, we're going to put tariffs on. And every month, those tariffs go from 5% to 10% to 15% to 20 and then to 25%. And what will happen then is all of those companies that have left our country and gone to Mexico are going to be coming back to us. And that's okay. That's okay. But I think Mexico will step up and do what they should have been done.
3: In the heat of all the other crap that's going on, Trump is focused, laser focused on this stuff. And Dad I don't think there's anybody, I don't think there's any of those twenty-four Democrats that could even even promise to do to be as laser focused as that. You know, he's you know he's Superman. So meanwhile, the Democrats are actually passing legislation to encourage more people to bring children over the border. Legally, illegally, their uh, their bill, the American Dream and Promise Act, passed the House on Monday, but Mitch McConnell says the Senate will probably not vote on it. Essentially, it, it's a rehash of the of DACA, the Dream Act, uh, the bill that would grant the, the the bill would grant the following privileges to those who arrived in the country and entered or stayed illegally as children conditional legal resident status for 10 years allow them to become permanent resident aliens after completing some college military service or a period of work wait a minute you came over illegally and then we're going to pay for your college for free and after you complete it we're going to make you a citizen and give you and then if you're in california you're going to get free health care and free everything meanwhile those of us that are paying we don't get anything Permanent residents permanent for those from countries beset by violence or natural disasters. Hey, there was an earthquake in my there was an earthquake in my country. I get to be permanent resident. The measure passed at 237 to 187, a largely uh, party line vote. And although it's not expected to be taken up by the Senate, Pelosi still held a celebratory press conference, flanked by a few dozen Democrats who wanted their faces on camera.
1: Let us acknowledge the dreamers and the immigrants who have, spoken out, uh, <laughs> who have spoken out with dignity and eloquence and who have made the difference. They are the constant reinvigoration of America, of hope, determination, and courage to make the future better. Those are American traits. Our newcomers make America more American.
3: Yeah, bull. You know what? You know who makes American America American? It's the guys that fought to make us free. It's the veterans. It's the veterans that we saw across the, at uh, at Normandy. It's the veterans that fight for us today. I was at a retirement at a March Air Force Base for uh, my neighbor, uh, Keith Laquire, who is the chief master sergeant out there, and gave 41 years of his life serving this country. I will tell you, it was a very emotional, patriotic event, and uh, God bless America. And uh, Keith, thank you for your service, Keith LaQuire, forty-one years in the in the National Guard and the Air Force, and uh, going to all different countries and fighting there. And uh, and his wife was in there with him and fighting, do all that stuff. Anyway, that's what makes America great—not kids that come over here illegally and get free stuff and then want to change our culture. Yeah, we're going to bring your culture over to our place, you know, that you don't know what right and wrong is and we're going to respect your culture. We're going to bring those people over there that don't uh that don't let women uh cover uh be, have their faces and we're going to respect their culture. So then when they see our women they want to rape them cuz they can't control themselves. Uh I don't think so. So uh let's talk about the next thing, uh, you know, the homeless problem that we all see. We see it everywhere. American-born citizens are homeless all over California, and our Democrat leaders do nothing. The number of homeless people in L.A. County jumped 12% over the last year to nearly 59,000 living on the streets, according to a report released Tuesday by L.A. County uh, Homeless Services Authority. The newly released data revealed that nearly three-fourths of the almost 60,000 who make up the homeless population in L.A. County are sleeping in cars, tents, and other make-do shelters. The report revealed more than 3,800 of the total homeless population are veterans. 2,866 are unsheltered and not in family units. The total of unaccompanied American minors who are homeless with no family totaled 66 and 45 of those without shelter. Okay, Uh, the entire state is suffering. The L.A. Times reports homelessness increased 43 percent in Orange County, 20 percent in San Bernardino County, where migrants are being uh, bust, uh, bust and left on a regular basis. And of course, 17 percent increase in San Francisco. Um, They're all over the place. I don't know what you do with them. I don't know where they were before, but here they are. I've heard all kinds of different ideas, but the Democrats continue to do nothing but give everything away for free. And the same week, all this d- data was made public, our governor Gavin Newsom had the nerve to tweet this: "California is what happens when rights are re- are respected, when work is rewarded, when nature's protected, when diversity is celebrated, and free markets are fair markets. We are nothing less than the progressive answer to a transgressive president." Hashtag CADim 19. Make me throw up. You know what, folks? There's something wrong in this state. There's something wrong in this state, and we need to you know what? There's only one way to change it. We have to talk about it. Between now and November of 2020, we have to mobilize. We need to get people conscious or kiss our state goodbye. Hey anyway, uh, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Uh, if you have comments on this episode, 855-640-2092. If you want to contact me, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020 My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back in with you next week.
2: The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect
0: the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.